Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's Location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Cons- Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic, a sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. And we welcome in the great comedian, a man who I hung out with briefly back in the day. And I guess the question here to begin, and I don't even know this story, Sarge, is how did Sarge the comedian end up as a sports talk show host at Fox Sports Radio? How did that begin, Sarge? Okay, so my whole life growing up in New York, which is where I grew up, I grew up in Long Island first during the... Islanders four cup administration back in the back in the you know cusp of the 70s and 80s that's where I grew up and then in New York City I wanted to be Marv Albert I mean I it was just you know growing up as a kid you weren't allowed to listen to games after eight o'clock nine o'clock your mother would say turn that off and I had a pillow speaker and I'd be listening to Marv Albert in my pillow speaker not Al Albert not Steve Albert not Kenny Albert for those all those other generations which had to be an interesting Passover dinner, you know, pass the horseradish. No, you pass the horseradish. So anyway, <laughs> there was all the Alberts. I wanted to be Marv. And, um, and so my, my quest to become Marv logically began with me trying to get a job in broadcasting. And I, I went out to uh, Chase Stadium with a handheld tape recorder and recorded myself doing the game. And um, on a tape... You know, I just sat in the crowd up the first baseline and recorded myself doing the Met game against the Giants, as it were, at that time. And um, and I began to record. I was 26 years old. I said, you know what? I'm going to make a tape. I'm going to figure it out. And so I did the tape. I played it for a friend of mine named Andy. He said, that sounds just like the radio. That's not you. And I said, no, it's, it's me. I promise you it's me. He says, well, that you should be a play-by-play guy. I said, I know. I mean, so what do I do? 
He says, I don't know, call, call Major League Baseball. So I called Major League Baseball. And uh, to make a long story short, I called the commissioner's office. And a woman answered the phone. And she says, can I help you? I said, yes, my name is Sarge. It's my birthday. I want to be a play-by-play guy. Please help me. So she said, who is this? I said, this is Sarge. It's my birthday. And I want to do play-by-play. And I want to talk to the commissioner about who I can send my tape to. Here, it sounds really authentic. And then I played the tape into the phone. And she laughed. And she says, is it really your birthday? I said, yes, it's my birthday. She says, okay, I'll tell you what. She says, the commissioner is not going to talk to you. But what I'll do is I'll give you... I'll give you a birthday gift. Come over to the offices of Major League Baseball. There'll be an envelope for you at the front desk. Come pick it up. So I jumped in a taxi. I was on 61st Street and 1st Avenue by Roosevelt Island. I jumped in a taxi. I went over to Major League Baseball. I went up in the elevator. No security in those days because there was no danger, right? Yeah. And uh, I walked right in, got the envelope, got in the elevator. And in the envelope, the woman had Xerox to Rolodex. And she put all these cards on the Xerox machine and gave me a list of all the networks in order alphabetically with, you know, complete with inside numbers. of. So I went home and uh, I sat with that list and I looked at it and I started with the A's and I called the number on the list that said ABC, ABC Sports. So I dial ABC and this, this voice answers the phone. He says, hello, how can I help you? I said, yes, this is Sarge. It's my birthday. I want to be a broadcaster. Um, I'm willing to start at the bottom. Um, who do I need to speak to? So the guy said, who is this, really? I said, this is Sarge. It's my birthday. I want to be a... So the guy <laughs> said, come on. He says, really? He says, is it really your birthday? I said, yes, it's really my birthday. He said, um, well, he says, I'm not really the guy you want to talk to. My assistant stepped away. I've answered my own phone for the first time in 11 years. I said, oh, really? I said, well, who are you? He said, well, I'm Rune Arledge. So I said, you're Rune. Whoa. <laughs> Rune yeah, I said, wow. Hello, how are you doing? I didn't know who he was. I said, hey, Rune, that's a weird name, Rune. I said, <laughs> you must ruin everything at family get together. So he said, that's really funny. He said, it's, it's Scottish and Welsh and whatever. So we're talking and he says, um, how'd you get this number? I said, I can't tell you. The lady said she'd get killed if I, I okay, don't worry about it. He says, I'll tell you what. He goes, happy birthday. The next guy you speak to, I'm going to put you through to this guy. Tell him just what you told me. Well, anyhow, I recreated that same conversation again. Hi, it's my birthday. I want to be a broadcaster. The guy said, I'm not the guy you want to talk to. How'd you get my number? I said, I just got off the phone with Rune. He said, oh, you spoke to Rune. I said, yes, I spoke to Rune. He said, well, let me put you through to the next guy. And he put me through to the next guy and the next guy. The fourth guy said, what are you doing this weekend? I said, I don't know. He goes, meet us in Atlantic City by the ABC trucks. He says, you're hired. I said, what? He says, you're hired. Come to Atlantic City. We're doing boxing this weekend. <clears throat> it was the Jeff Harding, Dennis Andres fight in Atlantic City at Trump uh, Convention Center. So I went down there and I was a runner for the announcers. But in my mind, I thought I was one guy getting sick from being on the air. And so I started as a runner at ABC Sports. They hired me for the next week, and then the next week, and then the next week. And then I ended up on Wide World. I ended up on boxing coverage. I ended up on basketball. I ended up on baseball with Al Michaels, Jim Palmer, and McCarver, Monday, uh, Sunday Night Baseball. I was doing Bo Jackson's return to Yankee Stadium to baseball after the you know, hip injury, blah, 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 the whole thing. I end up at ABC for a while. I get fired. 
I end up at CBS for a while. I got fired. Finally, I end up at ESPN in Bristol, and I'm living in Bristol, Connecticut, working the 7, the 11, which was the big show, and the 2 a.m. Sports Center with Chris Myers and Linda Cohn. I was working 14, 15, 16-hour days, living in Bristol, still doing production associate work, still doing assistant producer work, highlight producing, et cetera, et cetera. All these years, I started five, six years. I'm working behind the scenes thinking I'm going to be a broadcaster. I finally gave up. I went back to stand-up comedy. I moved to Los Angeles. And then one day, a gentleman gave me a call. He said, Sarge? I said, yes. Chris Myers. I said, how you doing, Chris? He says, hello, anybody. He says, I need a sidekick. <laughs> he says, I just got hired to be a charter host on Fox Sports Radio. They gave me Psycho Lions as a sidekick. He's going to be on the road with baseball a lot. I need a sidekick. We could do all those funny routines we used to do at 2 in the morning at Bristol in, uh, at ESPN. He says, you could just be my sidekick. They're going to give you, you know, hourly wage, blah, blah, blah. Come in, check it out. I came in. I did the first three-hour show with Chris Myers. The last segment of the first show, there was a couple of gentlemen sitting on the other side of the glass next to the technician on the board. One of them was James Brown the host of uh, Fox NFL Sunday at the time before Menifee took over. Mm -hmm. And the other one was a gray-haired gentleman with glasses. So they motioned to me to come out. I knew JB from New York from working at CBS. And the other gentleman said, how come you don't have your own show? I said, how come I don't have my own show? I said, I don't know. I just started today. I'm a sidekick to this guy. I said, I, I don't have my own show because I just got here. I don't even have – I'm not yeah. even sure – I'm going to get paid for this. So he says, come to my office after you get off the air. And so I went down to this gentleman's office, and that was David Hill of Fox Sports, who ran the entire damn place. And he said to me, uh, listen, he says, I want you to do uh, a show on your own. He says, you're very funny. You're very talented. We'll give you your own show from five to eight. I said, well, what about, I'm, I'm here to be my friend's sidekick from, you know, Chris Meyer. He says, I'll, I'll worry about him. He says, well, I said, well, what am I, I going to do? He says, well, you can still work with him two to five if you want, but you're going to work five to eight by yourself. I said, <laughs> okay, fantastic. He said, do you, I, I, <laughs> so I had never been talent before. That's I've been wild. doing impressions of, and here I am. I'm, I go from not working on the radio to working six hours a day on the radio. And that's how I got my job, you know, on your network. That is wild. And uh, sorry, so the, just the, I, I, I'd never heard that story that you, just randomly called up and ruined Arledge, a legend in television, happened to answer the phone, and you actually ended up getting a job out of it. That's wild. That's a crazy story. It's insane. It's absolutely, it's absolutely the truth. And these are in the days before background checks and Google and what have you. See, because when I spoke to Rune, the next guy I spoke to was Jack O'Hara. The next guy I spoke to was Kirk Cowdy, uh, uh, Kirk Cowdy Jr., uh, Kirk Cowdy's son. So I went down the line of all the hierarchy of ABC, and everyone asked me, how did you get my number? Well, I just spoke to Rune. I just spoke to your boss, Jack. I just spoke to your other boss. And they're like, oh, okay. And so the next guy I spoke to was a guy named Tony Tortorisi. He said, what are you doing Saturday? And they hired me over the phone, and there I was. So it's, I, you know, you got to make your own luck. And every one of us has a story. You have stories like that. Yeah. Uh, where you, so, you know, the rules don't apply to the lucky. The lucky have to get in line. The unlucky have to get in line. 
but people who just tenaciously align themselves with the universe and do what is in their heart, what they really want, what they really want to do, um, there's a certain amount of majesty and luck to that. And that was my dumb luck. When I got fired from ABC, I just watched the crawl at the end of the tournament, the NCAA tournament, and I saw the names going by on the screen when they did one shining moment. And I saw the name of a gentleman named Arthur Harris Jr. And so I, he's, it said he was the operations vice president of, of CBS. So what I did was, when I got fired from ABC, the following day, I called Arthur Harris Jr.'s phone in his office every single day for a month and spoke <laughs> to his assistant. And every day she would say, he doesn't know you. Stop calling here. And after two weeks, she finally said to me, is this Sarge? I said, yeah. She goes, you know, you're the highlight of my day. I said, why? She says, I don't know. She says, you just brighten my, my day, whatever's going on. You're always funny. You never give up. Every time I tell you he won't talk to you, you call back the next day. <laughs> so finally, after a month, after a month, on a Monday, I finally decided, you know what? I'm not going to call there anymore. The phone rang. Hello, Sarge. Uh, this is uh, Arthur Harris, Jr. I said, Arthur. He said, no, it's Mr. Harris to you. I said, hi, Mr. Harris. <laughs> I said, why are you <laughs> Why are you calling me? He says, I don't know. He says, I wondered why you didn't call today. So I had to find out if something happened to you. I said, yeah, but you haven't taken my call all month. He says, I haven't got a job for you, but I'd like to meet you. I'd like to meet the person who I think is the most tenacious, who never gives up. I want to put a face with an energy. Why don't you come to my office tomorrow at 11 o'clock? And we went to his office and we went to have lunch. By the time we got back to BlackRock on 6th Avenue, the guy said to me, I don't have a desk for you. I don't even have a job for you. I got to clear someone else out in order to give you. I said, that's fine. I'll wait. He says, you start Monday. And he hired me. And that's how I got my job at CBS. So, wow. you know, it's it's cool. In those days. Yeah. It's yeah. just blind faith and energy. You can't really do that. These days, it's much different with social media and, and all that stuff. And guardrails and whatnot uh it's hard to pull off but when you were doing sports radio at fox i remember you had the the evening show west coast time on fox sports how difficult was it? i mean you you'd obviously been doing you, you've been around all these people and all that was it was it a smooth transition for you or was it bumpy it was easy as can be for me because i had come from stand-up comedy and you know the only hard part was you know, turning that part of my brain off that is allowed to say anything it wants when it's got a microphone in its hand. So once I once I adjusted to that and learned that I can't just say whatever I want, and I didn't learn by trial by fire. I mean, I just automatically transitioned into knowing what I could and couldn't do. And I thought I was doing great. And a lot of other people thought I was doing great too, even though I didn't have the full respect of the entire staff um, or, you know, of the other people, because, you know, obviously a lot of the people that were producing shows for talent and that were behind the scenes, you know, they knew I was a comedian. Um, they, I wasn't a, a, a hardcore leather, leather neck, uh, you know, sports, sports guy. I hadn't done radio anywhere else, really. Um, it was obvious that I was grandfathered in because, you know, I had a lot of uh, higher ups from, you know, from Pico, from the Fox lot coming over to visit etc etc um and i didn't know the politics of radio and the behind the scenes of radio and i didn't know 
the ridiculousness and the and the uh, some of the you know corporate stuff that goes on and uh, with with talent, et cetera, et cetera. All I knew was the mic's open, and I just got to stick to my segment times. And then they came to me from Clear Channel, um, Craig Kitchens, and uh, the premier people said, "Well, we we we'd like you to have a sidekick." And at that time, uh, Jason Smith had been doing my I've been doing my updates. And so I brought him in. I said, hey, you know what? I was already using him in parts of the show when I rejoined segments. So I said, why don't you come be my lieutenant? And um, it was Sarge and the Bad Lieutenant, Sarge in the Foxhall on Fox Sports Radio. I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> well, what, was the, what, what was the thing, Sarge? I remember when callers would call up, they had to say something. What was the... It was in the foxhole. What was the you required the call? Well, they would call uh, yeah, they, they would say they would say, "Sir, yes, sir," and I would give them permission to speak freely. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember that. That was hilarious. <laughs> but you know, the, but Ben, I was I've always been a sports guy, and believe me, I used to. Um, I, I used to in the early days you know, back in those days you know the when we were we were broadcasting not from uh, Sherman Oaks but from over on the Fox lot and yeah. the ex- the executives over there said hey uh if you have any ideas for TV shows let us know and uh you know we're we're blowing out a lot of things on the sports net let us know let us know if you have any ideas so <clears throat> i went into one of the executives offices and i said here's an idea for a show um it's Sarge in the Fox hole and I can be the anti-Rome. I don't have to be the crass, obnoxious, sarcastic, sneering, smug. I can be the positive, uplifting, funny, same thing, but the other side of the coin from Rome. And um, I said we could put bleachers in and chain link fence, and there could be a coffee table with billiard balls in it, and a bunch of chairs. And because we're in L.A., we could have rotating co-hosts every week. You could have Dickerson in. You could have this guy in. You could have Marcus Allen. You could have, you know, this guy. And uh, I and I would host it, yeah. and um, and I put I put the thing on his desk. So after about three months, I said, "Whatever happened with that treatment I sent you, that one pager?" He said, "Oh, come on, come on! I want to show you something." He says, "We can't do your show because we're already doing something really similar." So I was like, "What do you mean?" And he took me in the studio, and it was everything that I put in the treatment, except for they hired uh, Lampley to host it, oh. and they were doing a thing. And they were doing a thing called Best Damn Sports Show. Uh, and, yeah. And that was your, a lot of that was your idea. Huh? No, you were. Well, yeah. well, yeah, but, but you know what? I am not going to prove I didn't get the idea while I was, you know, in the John, in the building. I wasn't going to sue the company uh, for, yeah. you know, for my, oh, you took my idea. So the guy said to me, hey, listen, we'll get you a job on the show. You'll do voiceovers. All the stuff that Looney does, all the stuff that Tom Looney did all those years. Yeah. Was I was doing it before Looney. I was doing all the voiceovers. I was writing all the funny segments. I was doing some hits on the show. Um, so now I'm working daytime on the Fox lot. Then we're moving to Sherman Oaks. I'm doing radio. So from never being talent, only being a comedian, I was doing TV during the day and radio in the evening. Three hours of show prep before I would go on the air out in the out out in the patio over there over yeah. in, the, in between the and I and I was you know working both ends of it. And loving it, and uh, and then you know some things changed, and then uh, you know I was offered a uh, reduction in pay, and one of my veteran radio friends, uh, a gentleman named Shadow Stevens, I said, "What do I do? They want to give me a reduction in pay because they say 
that I'm uh, getting paid more than the amount of advertising my show is generating. Um, I was on in, uh, 159 affiliates. Um, I thought that was good enough since we started with 13. Yep. And um, they were, you know, not willing. He says, never take a cut in pay. You're a really funny guy. You have other options. A lot of radio guys don't have that. Go back to doing stand-up. And if it's supposed to be, it'll be. And if it's not supposed to be, it won't be. And I continued working on Best Damn Sports Show. I went back to my stand-up. I lost my Fox Sports radio slot. They gave it to a number of other people. They tried people. They used people. They did pick whatever it was. And I never looked back. And um, and now I live in uh, a place called Delray Beach, Florida. Um, I work, you know, 52 weeks a year around, you know, the East Coast mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of Vegas, a lot of East Coast, Chicago, Detroit, St. Louis, Baltimore, New York, Boston, New Jersey. I'm going to be in the Jersey. I'm going to be in Atlantic City this weekend um, doing some shows. And down here in Florida, which is a bastion uh, of retirees and people who uh, know what I'm talking about because they're from, you know, New York, New Jersey, Boston. So Yeah, the good news, Sarge, is though. Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's Location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts At your age, you, know, you can stay there, and you're not that old, but you know, you're set up, right? You don't have to move to Florida when you get older. You're already there. You're, you're set up. I'm already here, and you know what? It, you know, I was born in Miami Beach, so um, I live 15 miles north. I live 50 miles north of Miami Beach, um, but I love Florida. I love um, the, the warm weather. I love being by the – I live on the beach. 
Um, I love the ocean. I don't have to put on a wetsuit. Um, I, I can go in the ocean here. It's like the tropics. And um, I love it down here. And so there's yeah, a lot great. of retirees. Yeah. Retirees need entertainment, you know, and <laughs> um, I do a lot of shows. There's there's hundreds and hundreds of golf co um, communities, country clubs, and gated communities with people over 55 that fill seven to 1200 seat venues to come see comedy. And I don't have to get on a plane for years. I was on planes and hotels. I'm in Toledo. I'm in, I'm in Palm Springs. I'm in, I'm in Amarillo. Now I can, I'm, I'm in Naples. I'm in Tampa. I'm in, I'm in Delray. I'm in West Palm beach. I'm in Boca. I'm in Miami and I'm home. That's great. You know, I've got, I got a 14 year old kid. I've got a, a 15 year old marriage. Um, you know, no, it's wonderful. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. 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 Well, and sorry. And before I will move on from Fox sports radio, but I want you to know that I've, I'm still there. I haven't, I well, actually did leave. They fired me in 2009 and I was, I was laid off. I was out of work for six months and 26 days. And then they brought me back. But other than that, I've been there since I remember when the, the thing launched with 13 affiliates, in Binghamton, New York, right? That was, we were Binghamton, Pittsburgh, a few other places in the early days. But you'll be happy to know, Sarge, that they have threatened to move out of the Sherman Oaks compound for probably three or four times, but we are still there, and it's the same exact studio as you left. All of the stains are still there. Uh, I'm sure that th there's stuff that you left behind that's somewhere in the cupboards. Uh, at Fox Sports Radio. So it's it hasn't changed at all. It's exactly the same, just as how you left it back in the day, Sarge. You'll be happy to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I left it, but you know, I never I never made a big uh a big showing of leaving. Like I was told by by personal friends of mine that were pretty successful in radio, they said don't 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 do a victory lap, don't do a goodbye tour. Just um, the day before you're leaving, tell people tomorrow is going to be your last show. Say thank you, and you know go go out into that good night, and don't don't do that. Don't burn the bridge. Don't do so. Then that's exactly what I did. Uh, you know, I I uh, and you know what? It's almost like dying when you leave somewhere like that. And I know you you probably experienced that. It's like you're dying, and the whole world is going to go on without you. Yeah, you no, know, it's totally it's totally true. And you think. You know, this is a big part of your life. You do it every day and radio. Once you do radio and you know this, Sarge, it gets in your blood and you're, you're it's it's just who you are. And then when you you're not working there and you turn on the station and someone else is, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, and I grew up, you know, Ben, I grew up not only with some of the some of the greats uh, in broadcasting, but I also grew up in a place called New York where we had a thing called WFAN in the early days of WFAN which was the original first sports radio, you know, all network format. And so I'd been listening to way before Mike and the Mad Dog. I mean, I grew up with Mad Dog Russo from the Mad Dog channel. Um, we grew up in Long Island. We went to school together. I was a catcher. He was the shortstop on our, on our middle school team. And so I knew, I knew about sports radio. I listened to sports radio. And somewhere in the back of my heart, the combination of passion for sports and my comedic ability, you know, at some point dovetailed into an opportunity. Um, and it was really out of nowhere. It was when I stopped trying to be a radio host 
that I got a bunch of radio work, um, I wouldn't recommend that to people who are young and, and coming up and trying to figure out what to do. I suggest you, you know, get educated and, and apprentice places and intern places and learn and start from the bottom so you can, you know, learn every single nugget. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, it goes how it goes for all of us. And uh, so I'm glad yeah. to hear that, things, you know, things are good over there. And um, yeah, I know things, things are going well. We're on over 500 affiliates now and the network is uh, past ESPN by many people believe. So it's done, it's done very well. So, uh, but I, I want to talk more about you, Sarge, and, and not just the sports radio stuff, but I, I knew that you, know, you were a comedian and, and I, I remember we crossed paths obviously during those days, but I had no idea you had done gigs. Uh, you were on stage or performing uh, for before Aretha Franklin and and a huge huge performance yeah. back in the day. I mean, what, yeah. I had no idea, Sarge. I mean, uh, this is a fascinating thing to me that you you were uh, and obviously you're set very successful, but you were around these other people that were also successful. Uh, how did I not know this, Sarge? How did I? How was I unaware be, of this? Be, to be honest with you, and I know this sounds a little bit salty, but I'm I'm a humble I'm a humble guy. I've never. I've never been the kind of person that that is really, you know, a braggart or someone that, you know, it's it's rare in, in our business to have people that aren't constantly, you know, patting themselves on the back or tooting their own horn. But I had really good mentors that taught me not not to see. I'm, and I'm also I'm also I don't want to jinx it. It's like when I started doing comedy, you know, I started at the very, very bottom, you know, um, you have to you have to know this. I had a drug and alcohol problem in the late '80s after I was relieved of my responsibilities at CBS. Um, and 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 uh, you know, my first job after I got clean, uh, my first big job was back at ESPN. You know, living in Bristol. But I had been homeless and drug addicted and alcoholic and living under a bridge in in New York City. I never told anybody that either. Um, you know, and I had been swept up in the mid '80s and late '80s in the whole crack thing with crack and PCP and all the drugs and the alcohol. And I literally went from working NFL Sundays at CBS in the control room um, and, at, at the broadcast center to under the Manhattan Bridge um, stealing from my drug habit. So when I got clean and sober and I was given an opportunity to turn my life around, they asked me what I wanted to do with the rest of my life if I couldn't fail. And I said that I wanted to be a comedian. I always wanted to be a comedian. And so when I moved to New York, I started at the bottom and open mic night and I just showed up 10, 12 places a night to try and get stage time in New York. I developed a ferocious approach to, you know, trying to get stage time. And then one night I performed at a place called Caroline's on Broadway on an off night on a Tuesday, did a set. And uh, the next day I got a call from William Morris Agency, which is a big entertainment firm at the time. They were the biggest in the business. And they said, uh, uh, I said, wow, did you get my invitation to come to the show at Caroline's? And the guy said, yes. I said, so you were there last night? And the guy said, no. And I said, what do you mean you weren't there? He says, well, sometimes it's better that I heard about your set rather than that I was there for it. Everyone's talking about you. I said, really? And I was an open micer. Yeah. So the guy said, hey, listen, come up to the office. We're at uh, 1325 Sixth Avenue. We'd like to sign you. And I want you to meet all the agents over here. So I went up to the agency. I met everybody. They signed me. And a month later, I was in um, the Melody Tent in Cape Cod with Natalie Cole opening for her. And um, all I'd ever done was 
a bunch of local gigs, making, making, making nothing. But here I am with Natalie Cole in front of, you know, several thousand people in, in Cape Cod. And then uh, they heard about me and I ended up with Donna Summer and the tour started at Radio City Music Hall in New York. And the next thing you know, I found out without knowing this, that I was a really good, high energy, funny opening act. Um, maybe it's because I didn't care about the fact that the people weren't there to see me. They were there to see the star that went on after me. And it didn't phase me because I didn't really know that that was the deal. Mm -hmm. I just showed up. I went, I went on stage. And then once again, you, you, you and you and I both share something in common. We're both big guys. And, um, I kind of, I'm a big guy on stage and, um, I command a little bit of attention. I'm likable. Um, I, I love people. Um, I have no fear because I pray and I meditate to get rid of my fear. Why? Because I can't have a drink or smoke a joint. So I pray <laughs> and I meditate. Did you ever have, and, now, Sarge, did you ever have stage fright when you started? You're, you always, it didn't, didn't affect you. Oh, yes. You. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, had, I had stage fright. I had stage fright. But what I learned was if I, I have a bunch of meditations that I do to take away the fear mm -hmm. that I learned, that I learned in the early stages of becoming clean and sober that helped me to not drink and drug. And so when I got to stand up and I was scared before I would go on, I would just go in the men's room and do my bit and, you know, and get rid of it with spiritual means. And then I went on stage and I was able to be creative. See, because when you go on stage with your stage fright, all the audience sees is your fear. When you go on stage relaxed as you, and you leave your stage fright in the bathroom behind a bunch of meditations and a couple of prayers, next thing you know, they're seeing you. So there was no cotton mouth. There were no shaky hands. I operated perfectly, creatively, imaginatively. And then I knew that's where I should be, you know, standing there making people happy because I was happy. And to make a long story short, that's my whole life. My whole life is, you know, dedicated to making people happy an hour and a half and two hours at a time. And um, I get to do it. And the same way as, you know, people can't live. You're part of people's lives uh, in your day job. Uh, you're part of people's lives. They 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 don't know what they do uh, if if they didn't turn on, uh, you know, Ben Maller and yeah. and and you know. So it's never it's never a good idea to underestimate um, the contribution that you make, no matter whether your company thinks so or whether your paycheck reflects it. Um, your contribution is is magnificent and vital to people and uh you know you'll never you'll never get paid what you're worth so yeah just do what you're, just do what you're here to do is really the message so as a comedian sorry i'm fascinated i love comedy and you're you're very good at what you do but how how much time do you spend when you're you know, how how often do you rotate material like what's the whole process how you make the hot dogs when it comes to comedy is there a secret sorry. formula that you have <laughs> No, you well for each. You know, there are many different types of of comedic talent. Mine is more extemporaneous, and I'm not as much of a writer as some people. So, for instance, to just you know, to give you an example of a couple of guys that you do know, Seinfeld is a is a is a ferocious, meticulous technician, an engineer of wordsmith. You know, he every word, uh, every of every joke, every concept, every topic is deliberated over and then reworked and worked and rewritten. Um, I'm more like Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, um, we go on stage, we bring a bunch of bullet points, 
and we talk our comedy into being because we're personality comics. I'm a personality comic. I go on stage. If you go on YouTube and you and you type in comedian Sarge or Sarge comedian, you'll see. Um, I'm very extemporaneous. I rotate material um, daily because I I operate from the file cabinet theory. I just open a bunch of drawers and pull out files and go, what do we have here? What do we have here? What do we have here? Because I have the courage to not worry about uh, dead air. I, I, I go on stage, I open cold every night with what my day was today, and then I take off from there. So basically, my comedy is live. And every time people come to see me, it's a different show. No, that's great. Yeah, that's wonderful. And and how are you surviving? I feel bad for all comedians these days. Because Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's location, sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because of the the way things are going sarge where We've seen comedians canceled. You tell a joke, somebody didn't like it. And the next thing you know, it blows up on the internet. And uh, do you feel sometimes Sarge, like you're, you're dancing around landmines when you're on stage these days with the, the way of the world. In much, in much the same way, Ben, as you know, from the experience of others and from the failings of others and the mistakes of others and, you know, being a radio host, knowing I better not talk about that. I better not talk about that, that way. I better not bring that up. Yeah. I better not use those words. I better, it's, you know what? Um, people can listen for, so so when it comes to comedy, I, I took a pause for a minute, you know, when things started getting a little hairy, but at the end of the day, the courage of people like Adam Carolla 
um, and others like that who don't even breathe hard. They just do. I got to do me. Yeah. I can't worry about this person's going to be upset about this. That person's going to be upset about that. I do jokes. Jokes are all about somebody or something. And if you've lost your sense of humor, it's a dead giveaway that you've taken yourself too seriously. And I'm not in a situation where I can, you know, I'm going to be canceled, knock on wood. I'm not a big target. Um, I'm, I'm a working class comic who's got 150 gigs a year. My audiences love what I do. Um, I'm not on the same level as people who are targets for cancellation. And quite frankly, I stay away from the more, you know, potent, uh, dangerous subjects. I don't really need to comment on politics. I don't really need to comment on people's genitalia. I don't need to make any commentary about people's gender ideology. I can, you know, so yeah. as long as you stay away from those things and keep it experiential and personal, I'm just reporting my life. I'm sharing my life with people. And if they don't, if they find something distasteful or they don't like it, then don't come see me um, or don't watch yeah. or change the channel. You know, we used to be free to change the channel. If you don't like the show or the song that's playing, change the channel. Don't, don't petition to have the person executed. <laughs> no, I, I'm right there with you, Sarge. I, I deal with this in the radio world where, you know, uh, we're around the same age. And I, I, I feel like we've had, you know, similar lives as far as, you know, entertainment. We grew up where if you didn't like something, all right, go to the next show. And, and people today are just not. Uh, not everyone, but a lot of a lot of people are like, no, 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 I, we've got to get rid of this. This is terrible. And I was like, it's like going, it's like going to a restaurant and you don't like the food. And then we got to close the restaurant down because you had a bad meal rather than just going right. to the next restaurant. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Well, well I'll, I'll, I'll tell you where that where that the, the evolution of that is very simple. You know, the world became a place where everyone reacts to everything. When social media and like buttons got involved. And people just started reading headlines instead of the entire article. When people started listening to books instead of reading them, people don't think anymore. They don't want to think. They just want to react. They hear something and they react. They hear a joke they don't like. They react. They hear a word they don't like. They react. Everything is reactionary. Nothing is deliberative. And yeah. so... We're constantly reacting to everything and reacting to everybody. And then at some point, maybe if people haven't moved on to the next thing they're reacting to, there may be some deliberation, but there really is no deliberative process anymore. And all people do is react and move on to the next reaction. React, react, react. Yeah. And it's the same as a dating app. They swipe, swipe. I don't like this person. You're making all these judgments based on the way people look shallow 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 i don't like this person i don't like don't like don't oh there's a guy oh i like his hair i like her eyes i like her body you know boom 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 so it's like that yeah. hot or not hot and it's exactly the same thing so when i'm standing in front of an audience for two hours the reason why i work to a more mature crowd you know is because those people still like to be told a story not to be using you know, four letter words all night. Every other word is MF, this MF, MF, this, this MF, that MF, those MF grabbing myself and screaming, you know, 
I tell stories. I take people on a journey. And the, the age of my customer still enjoys being told a story, still enjoys a long show, you know, that includes, um, you know, a lot of deliberative stuff and things to think about. So to make a long story short, um, <laughs> I'm not going to be around too much longer. So <laughs> I- No, you'll be, you'll be. You got a cult following, Sarge. You're, you're in good shape. And, and I, I was blown away. So I was like, you know, I was, I, your, your name had come up in conversation in the hallways of Fox sports radio. Right. And so uh, a while back and I was like, I wonder what Sarge is up to. And I, and I had lost track of you. And then I found, and you, you got all the gigs and all that on, you got a website and, and whatnot. And so, and then I, I, I discovered you, you're an author, Sarge, the comedian, yes. you wrote a book a couple of years ago. Tell me about that. Um, well, a dear friend of mine was a guy named Gary Marshall who created happy days and, the odd couple for television and pretty woman, you know, the legendary Gary Marshall. Yeah. And Gary Marshall said, uh, you know, one night he saw me at a, at a theater, uh, in, Lo- in Los Angeles. And he came, he called me a couple days later and he said, uh, he asked me what he called me on the phone. He got my number somehow. And he said, uh, what are you so happy about? So I said, what, who is this? You know, it's Gary Marshall, Gary Marshall. Oh my God. So we started talking and, he wanted to know why I was so happy. He said, you're such a happy guy. I've never seen a happy comedian. I worked with Gleason. I worked with uh, Robin Williams. I worked with this one. I worked with that one. He says, I've never met a happy comedian. He says, you're a happy guy. And the reason I can see that is because I'm happy too. And I said, oh, he says, when are we going to get together? So I said, get together. And so I got together with Gary Marshall and I went over to his house in Toluca Lake and, uh, you know, one of the first things he said to me was, you've got to write the book and then write another book. He says, the world needs to know, but you need to share yourself with people. He says, life is so temporary. Write the book, write the book. And so uh, I said, OK, I'll write the book. He says, and when you write the book, I'll write the forward for you. He says, maybe I'll put my name on the cover of the book for you. And maybe people will say, oh, Gary Marshall, oh, sorry. You know, maybe they'll pick it up. So to make a long story short, Gary Marshall insisted that I write a book. Wow. And I've sold about 40, 45, 46,000 copies. That's great. And, uh, That's great. And I signed every single one of them with, you know, I've gone through a lot of Sharpies. Yeah. Um, but it's all about my mixed race upbringing. Um, and it's all about my life on the streets and my life. Uh, there's even some, you know, stuff in there about Fox Sports Radio and about the story I told you at the top of the podcast and, and all the things that have happened in my, my life has been truly extraordinary, Ben. And, um, yeah. and, uh, so I, I thank you. I I'm very grateful for you inviting me. Um, and you know, and, and actually looking me up and getting in touch and inviting me to join you here because, uh, you're one of the really, really sweet guys. And, uh, you know, once I left there, I was gone. Business is business. And so, uh, it's just very nice. Yeah. No, it's great. Listen, uh, it's great to catch up with. You. I know I've kept you long enough here and you got things to do and all that. But uh, this weekend, Atlantic City, uh, this podcast dropping on a Friday and and obviously your website. Right, If you want to you got a bunch of gigs lined up and they can go to your website. We'll put that in the uh, profile of the podcast. And uh, Sarge, thank you. Thank you. It's great. To, you're a good mensch, Sarge. You're a good mensch. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. God bless you and be well and have a have a wonderful weekend. Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. 
Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.